I definitely have the name wrong. <laughs> Dog of the year. I'm not, I'm not even close. Uh, that's because it's funny because I put dog of the year in the notes and then whenever I was looking up, I was looking for year of the dog mm-hmm. like in the search and that's that's also not it. <laughs> but that actually got me it. That 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 search got me it on Netflix. Um, of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> because because then I was like, wait, is this it? This is power of the dog. Is this the one he was talking about? And it's like, oh, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch and. Kirsten Dunst. I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is it. I mean, cool. I saw that all week on the show notes. I could have changed it, but I just left it there for you. I know. I know. <laughs> I was expecting you to change it, but no, you're leaving me in my uh, in my shame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's just get going. Hey, what's up? It's the Dinner Road Show. It's episode 30. Is it 34? I thought it was 35. Shit, I'm, I'm screwing up all over the place. Well, the notes say 34. Uh, I know, but in the file I just created, I typed 35. Oh, uh, then I don't know. Uh, then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 30-something. Uh, so yeah, it's Bill and Ian here. This is going to be, I think, this is the last show of the year, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's dog of the year, uh, coming in hot. Um, yeah, we're not going to do any kind of yearly recappy bullshit because who gives a shit? Um, but we will be going over some, uh, our, all our, our favorite albums of the year in a little bit, uh, because that is the most up-to-date sort of thing that we pay attention to. So, uh, stick around for that. Um, but first... Uh, you put this in sort of at the 11th hour. You have a dead wrong here. Um, yeah, I'm embarrassed I'm about this one. About, yeah, okay. So last yeah, week I'm, we I'm, last week we had sort of an impromptu dead wrong where I corrected something I said about Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during that dead wrong, I also I said something else incorrect about Drake. Uh-huh. Okay, before you continue. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wait, fuck, wrong one. Shit. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Okay. Yeah, I just like keep slandering Drake every week. <laughs> um, yeah, so what it was this time was I, I misquoted a, a lyric. I, I there's a, a, a lyric in on his new album, and I thought it went. Um, I thought it was like we need more teens in here. Uh, I, uh-huh, I like uh-huh. it crowded. That's the that's what I thought the lyric was. But what it really is is uh, we need more things in here um but things is like accented like without the h so it's like it's like tings oh oh, so i really like i i miss uh i misunderstood that um in your defense that that doesn't make a lot of sense no (laughs) what is he a hoarder like what's that mean yeah i'd have to like look at the whole song again and figure out the context but uh it wasn't (laughs) teens and that's the important thing okay well at least there's that Still, he does some sketchy shit. Yeah, I guess it was on my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, I feel uh, bad about yeah. it. Like, I'm, I'm ruining our chances of ever having Drake on the show. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think we'll be okay, and I think Drake is gonna be okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's move into our movie this week, uh, which is not called Dog of the Year, um, and it's not called Year of the Dog. <laughs> but, but if you search. If you search for Year of the Dog on Netflix, it'll get you there. So they don't have it. the rights to the, uh, was it, the Westminster Kennel Club dog show? I don't think they do, actually, because I didn't see it on the uh, search results. Okay. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of a lot of dog movies, um, but yeah. But um, yeah, so Power of the Dog this week, uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons. Directed by uh, Jane Campion, mm-hmm. one of our finest filmmakers, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, so do you, do you want to give like a brief synopsis of what this was? Sure. Um I toss this to you every time now. I <laughs> Yeah. Uh this is um, 
this is the gayest movie I've ever seen. Whoa. Um, okay. What? No, no, it is. It is. That's, that's like that's sort of that's surprise. Okay, sure. It is. Really? Because you, I guess you haven't seen a lot of gay movies. Then. I guess I haven't, but you know, this is pretty damn gay. I mean, um, it is. It like to to yeah, like it, <laughs> it definitely is. I just didn't think it, you would you would stamp it as the absolute gayest. I don't think I. Yeah, I, I, nothing else is coming to mind that would be uh, gayer. Okay. Um, so you haven't seen like Portrait maybe, of a maybe, Lady on maybe, Fire or I haven't seen that yet. You haven't, I haven't seen, seen Carol that or like no. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you're you're definitely like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and I'll, maybe this is just recency bias because I finished it uh, 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty damn gay. Um, so yeah, this is a movie about, uh, th- there are two brothers and they are ranchers and they've made, uh, a fair bit of money doing so. They own their own ranch and they're doing quite well for themselves. Uh, th- that's Benedict Cumberbatch and, uh, Jesse Plemons characters. Uh, and they're on a cat, they go on a cattle drive and they stop at a, uh, an inn restaurant sort of thing, uh, run by Kirsten Dunst's character. Uh, and, uh, they have a meal there, and while they're there, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is just laying into, uh, Kirsten Dunst's son, uh, for his, uh, effeminate behavior and sort of awkward manner. Um, and then, uh, uh, Jesse Plumman's character, uh, is enamored with the Kirsten Dunst character because I guess they have to have that in their contract these days. Um. Well, aren't they a couple they, in real life? Yes, yes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. And, uh, so then they, they soon get together and marry and, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character hates this. Um, and basically cause he both hates, uh, Kirsten Dunst's character and also the, 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 the son. Um, and he's just sort of a miserable, uh, gruff dude. Um, and the Jesse Plemons character is kind of this clueless bumbling guy. Cause that's the kind of character he plays. Uh, and, uh, things kind of go on from there i don't i don't know how deep we want to get into um you know yeah i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tough i think to talk about like some of the the big themes of this movie without getting into spoiler territory yeah but yeah that's that's basically the setup for it um so so apart from being the gayest movie you've ever seen (laughs) uh what did you what did you think of this um i think it it was it was difficult to get a sense of like what this was going for until it concludes okay um like like it is a movie that is so dependent on it it finishing if you know what i mean like like it it, you need to have the ending otherwise it's like well what was the point of any of this interesting i'm not sure i agree with that um because i was actually like really really into everything that was going on and then the ending kind of surprised me um and so i've been sort of processing the ending and whether it entirely worked for me like in you know within the rest of the film mm-hmm. um and i do i do ultimately think it did but like the the movie didn't didn't um like it didn't hinge on the ending for me like i i, I feel like it had a lot going on like psychologically with these characters all throughout that was like building and building um that like it could have ended differently and still had and still resonated for me i think i I think that it was like it, 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 if it didn't end that way, it would have been desperately searching for an ending. Okay. If you know what I mean? Okay. Like the, like there would not have been a, um, as, as tidy a way to do it. And it, it really hinged on the fact that the ending was set up 
fairly well by prior events. And like I'm 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 skirting around it because I, I'm not trying to say the the ending. Well maybe we could um, just like maybe um go through some of the like the themes of it and then if we can like do yeah. a spoiler section where we kind of talk in you know about the actual ending. Because it is tough to kind of just like dance around the details, right? Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, like I, I felt like this movie was really going in on like gender norms mm-hmm. and even like more broadly like societal norms um because like this kid peter uh is his name i believe um the son of the kirsten dunn's character um i mean for one for one he's he's queer and then also i'm is he or is he just a kid no i i think it's implied that he is i i think it's implied that he has so much in common with the benedict cumberbatch character that it's like the ending for me is almost like uh well now get into spoilers but like there's so there's like so much that those two characters have in common which is why ultimately i think the way it ends actually works really well um but we can get into that but like so so on the one hand you have like the gender norms that he's dealing with right because he's different in that regard but then you have like i think this character is like neurodivergent too right just like the way he views yeah he's got he's got something he's got something up with him yeah yeah so like just like the way he thinks and the way he views the world around him is it's just different from like these like um what society expects of a boy or a man right at that time especially when you're on like a cattle ranch and like you're you know the lifestyle that goes along with that um yeah so i think there's a lot going against this this kid and uh yeah i just thought it was interesting how it explored all that in the context of like the 1920s in the 1920s western you know um yeah it's kind of interesting to me because i feel like i knew like five of those kids in elementary school uh-huh. That acted like that, mm-hmm. but it, he, like, if this was set in you know the nineties, like it, it wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't draw as much attention to himself. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he's like almost out of context. The fact that it takes place in like nineteen twenty five. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, I think especially like kids these days are more accepting of of people in general, right? Like, there's less like harassment and bullying yeah. going on. Um, I, I don't so. even necessarily I don't even necessarily know that like the kid is neurodivergent or whatever or if he's just awkward. He's just a kid, you know? Um yeah, I mean, I was sort of like basing it off of like his interests and the way he like approaches those interests and the way he interacts with other characters and maybe some of like the um, like the habits that he like takes on. Like you have the comb, like the like the stimming of the comb, right? Like you just have like yeah. different like little little things that I was picking up on that just kind of like give you insight into like how this how this um, character sees the world and, and how things affect him and whatnot. Sure. Um. But like the the main thing is that like this is a kid that's like out of place in this in this yes, world, right? Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. and so you have that, and then you have um, this sort of like psychological like intimidation battle between Kirsten Dunst and, and Benedict Cumberbatch, and that's like playing with like like toxic masculinity in a way, and like repression for sure and like alienation and and just like there's like so much there's like a war going on between those two characters but it's like entirely unspoken yeah you know um well isn't it like fairly one-sided like the kirsten dunn's character kind of doesn't do much well it's uh, yes uh, it it is except, except exist in this house 
that that Benedict Cumberbatch's character has an issue with. Totally. Um, but I think what's so smart about it is it is one sided in that uh, Cumberbatch is in the wrong almost entirely for like the most part. But like the movie also makes an effort to like sympathize with him while he's being like a shithead, you know? Yeah. Um, because like you see why the things are affecting him. Um, and then, of course, later on, you learn even more context into why things are affecting him and why he's like sort of alienated himself um, or at least believes himself to be alienated from the rest of like his family and the people around him. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like it gets into his head and like makes you kind of understand where he's coming from, even though he's being like awful to, to people, which I, I really yeah. thought was was smart and, and really well, like really well written characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I do have to say that for as much as I was fine with Cumberbatch's performance, his accent is not good. Really? You didn't think it was good? No, no. Anytime I see him do an American accent, it is not good. I can't even recall the last time I've heard him do an American accent. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. Oh, come on. No, that's just, that's, that's too far. I thought, I thought it was perfectly acceptable. I I, honestly, I thought, I thought his performance was outstanding. I thought it was good, but you have to like suspend your disbelief. Like you have to, you have to remove the accent from the rest of the performance. Like you have to pretend that he is not Benedict Cumberbatch putting on an American affect. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to like train your brain. It, t- it took me at least half an hour to be like, all right, I got to stop thinking about Benedict Cumberbatch's accent. It took me maybe five lines. I'm like, he's, he speaks for the first time. I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing. And then I'm fine. <laughs> like, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, uh, yeah. Mm, uh. But yeah, so um, maybe we can get into like maybe some details of like the actual story and, and the ending specifically because yeah. I wanted to, to, yeah. to see what you think of the ending since like the entire movie depended on it or relied on it. Yeah, I, I feel like it definitely did because because you you have you have the moment where it's like okay and obviously like we already set this up so this is spoiler spoiler heavy shit yeah uh so so benedict cumberbatch's character uh bites it he's he's dead and and it happens very uh like starkly where he's you know he's alive in one scene and then it cuts and then all of a sudden he's in a casket like that that is what happens Mm -hmm. like uh and so then you're sort of like oh what the fuck and then it's like explained away as uh it's not explained away but it's explained as well he died of the anthrax from the from touching a diseased animal and uh which was set up previously because he was given the the um the the raw hide from the kid mm-hmm. and so it's like oh okay so then it like it all ties together well and then at the very end where the kid smiles because he bumped off cumberbatch it's like ah right yes this is all it all fits so if you don't have if you don't have that if you didn't previously set that up and you don't kill off Cumberbatch. You're like you're like searching for a sort of ending mm-hmm. where you have like this um like this homoerotic mentorship going on where you you know what I mean? Like you're you're searching for some sort of conclusion to all of this. Yeah, you have that going on, then you have the unresolved tension between um Kirsten Dunst's character and, and Cumberbatch's character too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I agree with so, that. So yeah, so you so at that point you would be looking for any kind of resolution um and so if if you if you read the situation between the kid and cumberbatch as sort of like 
um, this actual genuine bonding and, you know... Um, Which I think it was, still. Well, then I, I don't think that it would have been so easy for him to bump him off. I don't think it right? was easy. I, mm, See, I view I view Cumberbatch as like an older version of the kid, you know, because, cause it, you know, we learned that he went to a prestigious school and he wanted to become a doctor, but he gave that all up to, like, be a cattle rancher and he was, like, under the wing of this um, Bronco Henry that he had the relationship <laughs> with. I couldn't. I couldn't take this Are you kidding? Oh, seriously? The the name Bronco Henry. No, it was, it was, it was terrific. I, no, I I thought it was, I thought it was quite moving every time he he brought him up and you can just see. No, I I laughed every time. Okay. Well, you would bring him up. You see, he would bring him up every two minutes. You know, Bronco Henry said this. Because he's completely, he's completely stuck in a, in a, in a mind, in like a frame of mind and he can't move on from it. They didn't need to name him Bronco Henry. <laughs> Christ. Hi, my name's Colt McTavish. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and here I thought we were taking this seriously. <laughs> no, but like, come on. That's like, that, that really is like a porno name. <laughs> no, it's like a, it's like a, you know, an old <laughs> Western like, cowboy name. It's like next a. Next up on the stage, here's Bronco Henry. Like, <laughs> Settle up. No, but so before that, I'm just going to move on. Um, <laughs> but what I was getting at was I, I feel like uh, Cumberbatch's character is like an older version of Peter in a way. And he's like, by taking him under his wing, he's like trying to move Peter away from under his hoof. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, he's like trying to take uh, Peter away from like the his interests, right? And just like living life the way he wants to um, as like an intellectual and like somebody who has these interests. And even if society doesn't really like accept the way he like his behavior or what he likes or, you know, how he conducts himself, like because because like uh, look what happened to Cumberbatch's character, right? Like he just like completely um, immersed himself in this like cattle rancher lifestyle and he like lost himself in it um and so like by peter killing him off on the one hand yeah it's like protecting his mother right because her mother is like spiraling out of control uh because of her like resentment of the sky and like can't live with him but on the other hand it's like it's almost like casting out like the uh this alternate version of who he could grow up to be which wouldn't have been his true self right he would have been like taking on a different persona just to fit in in society so that that's why the ending worked for me ultimately because it's not just killing off the Cumberbatch character it's like almost like killing off like the pressure of like conforming if that makes sense no it does yeah um I I I I didn't really like what was what was Jesse Plemons doing during any of this uh making like making deals uh working the the cattle ranch he was you know he's he's like the businessman side of it he's like the business side of things right and he's also just trying to like live out his days with his wife (laughs) just like but he doesn't he doesn't see that his wife is like keeling over and shit like constantly and like there are bottles in the bed and like it seems like his answer to everything was kind of just like pretend it's not a problem you know just yeah. kind of like gloss over the real issues um like the party that he threw for like the uh like the governor and like his wife and then his own parents he was just like trying to pretend that he's living this life that he really isn't you know yeah like just trying to like put like a you know put like a, a glow over everything and, and just like pretend everything's fine so he's kind of like living in his own world 
essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought, you know, worked for that character. Like he, you know, wasn't much of a factor in the second half of the film. Cause like the focus wasn't on him anyway. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's just kind of like, uh, just kind of ignoring all the problems around him for sure. Did Cumberbatch take the mud bath before or after he was told that he has to bathe? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the sequence of events there. I think it was before. I think it was and before then he was too. told that he's that he was told he smells like shit. Mm-hmm. And then he said, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not taking a bath. <laughs> but then he does take a bath after he has his uh, fun time in the woods. Yes. Which was a whole scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if anybody wanted to see uh, Cumberbatch Shaft, uh, this is this is the ticket. This is the one you want to see. Well, the Netflix uh, rating pop up thing that comes, it did say full full nudity. So it did. Yeah, yeah you don't know yeah. where it's coming from, but no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, it was it was unexpected. Let me tell you. Yeah, I'm just trying not to say the name Bronco Henry again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I couldn't take every two minutes. You know, Bronco, that was Bronco Henry's saddle. You know, Bronco Henry told it's me. Just Bronco so, Hen- it's so sad because of how, like, wrapped up in that in, in that world that he is. You know, he just, like, can't escape mm-hmm. it. It was, it, was, it was quite affecting for me. It really was. You know what we were doing 25 years ago? We were out here at Bronco Henry. <laughs> we were. <laughs> to Bronco Henry. Everybody, yeah, Bronco Henry. Every two minutes, man. Okay, and was it my imagination, or was it after the whole, like, reveal how basically Cumberbatch's character was gay, Mm -hmm. did things just, like, get really, really homoerotic and phallic, like... Oh, you mean when he takes that, like, giant steak and, like... (laughs) And just, Yeah, yeah, just, like, thrusting it into into the the ground ground while staring at Peter. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, the kid is, like, rubbing the thing on the saddle... No, yeah, it, like, it, it totally did, and that's all intentional, you know, because you have these two characters that are out there alone and stuff. Yeah, and then, like, all of a sudden, all the cow hands, they were, like, all shirtless, mm-hmm. like, rolling around in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I was like, really? <sighs> but, like, but like, there's a there's a purpose to it, you know? Totally. Like, this isn't, like, um... I don't know what I was going to compare it to, but it's not like I, I guess I don't really have a basis to compare it to. But like, no, it's because not you like, haven't seen any right, gay no, exactly movies. right. You know, I don't really. <laughs> it's the gayest movie we've ever seen. Uh, like, but it, there, it's all it's all character driven. It's not, um, you know, uh, I guess gratuitous. But like, it wouldn't be anyway. It wouldn't be gratuitous. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I, no, it is. You know it I is mean, all though, character right? driven. It's all purposeful. I mean, Jane Campion yeah. is like, you know, the the word auteur gets thrown around a lot, but she is like the definition of that. I mean, yeah, I'm just like in awe of her work. Like she, the the way that she a- is able to blend like really interesting like psychological dynamics between characters, and then like also have like this um this like. Like, it is almost like a thriller in some ways because, like, there's so much, like, tension and suspense, even, even oh, yeah. you know? It's, it's so tense, yeah. Um, yeah, and just, like, all that tension and stuff is, like, stuff that's, like, unspoken, too. It's, like, all, mm-hmm. it's, like, all subtext, you know? And it's all handled so brilliantly, I think. Well, I think parts of it, like, the kid is framed almost like, uh, what's his face from uh, uh, Psycho, you know? Uh-huh. Where he's like this 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 awkward kind of kid, you can't really get a vibe on him. Um 
And then he's like killing rabbits and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's got, and he's got like this weird relationship with his mom. Yeah, that's you that's know? a good comparison. I did not think of that. Yeah, I mean, especially so, like, when you, you see really... the ending, like it's <laughs> when you get to the yeah, ending. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you don't really know what his thing. Like he's sticking his hands in dead cows, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really get a read on him and that kind of thing. Um, and it was also like I didn't really understand like his relationship with his mom apart because like sometimes he called her mom and sometimes uh, he called her Rose, which was weird mm-hmm. uh especially for the time period like and i was like okay is he like is he adopted or like you know is he like some kind of orphan kid or something like i didn't i mean when like, they, i had to get a handle on that when the two uh, characters were first introduced i i assumed like brother and sister actually yeah 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 like i, I didn't know like their age difference because mm-hmm. because kirsten dunce could play like you know a, a wide range of ages sure even now mm-hmm. um so yeah it was like you had to kind of get a handle on that um, so yeah, so like it's really easy to to view this as a thriller, um, especially as if you're like narrowing in on the on the kid. Uh, and like yeah, like like, like whenever like uh, it's I was gonna call him Bronco Henry, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Cumberbatch and uh, and the kid are like going out on their own to do whatever the hell, and like you know uh, Kirsten Dunst's character is like freaking out over it. And so, like, then it gives, like, you that tension, like, oh, God, what are they going to, what's going to happen on the, like, this trip they're doing or whatever, you know? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, she has that paranoia, but then it's like, well, are you going to, ha- like, are you supposed to have that paranoia now that, like, something's going to happen? Right, um, right. Honestly, in that moment, I was more concerned about her. Because, um, like. No, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you can see her spiraling. Because um, there's, like, a shift between the two halves of this movie, right? Where it's, like, the first half is framed as, like, you know, where Cumberbatch is the one who's, like, isolated himself and is like really causing problems and then like the second half he's bonding with this kid and she's she's like um you know turned to the bottle and she's she's the one that's now like isolated and sort of like spiraling out of control Mm -hmm. what did you what did you make of her her character overall though like i was i was sort of struggling especially in the second half to kind of like um figure out exactly what was affecting her and causing her to sort of like lose control like obviously she's um, she's living in this in this sort of hostile situation, this like passive aggressive like hostility when it comes to Cumberbatch. But it's like, was that the only thing that was causing her to like drink? So and I guess it? that 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 was like the beginning of it, right? right? And then I guess it's sort of turned into addiction and dependency on the alcohol. But then I think more of it was the fact that she felt that her son was being taken away, which was sort of the case. Like that was. Basically, his stated goal was like, yeah, your mother's a crazy alcoholic, and so you shouldn't be dealing with that. And so, like, she's she's going to put you on a bad path, and she's making you, you know, effeminate or whatever. Like, you know, like, that's basically what he was telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then she even says, he's like, oh, yeah, you're spending a lot of time with, what was his name? Oh, Phil, right? And yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that was more of her concern in the second half. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And so, and it, and it and it does because like that's what we're seeing play out. And I I couldn't imagine what else it would be for her. Um, and I, I it got to the point where she was just a full blown alcoholic. Yes. So like it, it it wasn't like she could just you know just suddenly stop. Yeah, like snap um, out of it. That's yeah. This yeah. Is not how addiction yeah, works. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I guess like at the end of the movie she kind of did. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I guess the assumption there is that the, the thing that was, um, the thing that was preventing her from even attempting to recover was removed from the scenario. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that does, um, that does what, make a lot of sense. Um, what, what was the, um, like at the funeral scene, what was the, the mother 
handing her? Because it seemed like just a handful of jewels. Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't get the if that was like referencing something from earlier on, I must have missed it. I, I think that they wanted a close up of her hands to show that her hands weren't shaking anymore from like alcohol. Okay. But I didn't understand the significance of like just a handful of jewelry. No, neither did I. I mean, like as far as the two characters go, like she's now like accepted into the family, which is something, right? Because there was like a coldness to uh, their interactions earlier in the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I don't understand the jewelry. Like, I'm, I'm assuming we missed something because like everything is so purposeful, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just yeah. assuming we must have missed something. But if it's both of us, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Yeah, I just I just think the close-up was for the show, like her hands weren't shaking anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the, cause like you could have just had like a handshake. So I don't know what the, um like the passing of whatever was supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah, so was that, did you have anything more to add um, aside from any more, uh, any Bronco Henry? uh... Uh, No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I I do, okay, I do think it's funny. So like this movie hinged on uh, Anthrax, which (laughs) state, stay tuned because Anthrax will be coming up later in the show. Oh, terrific. So, um. Which I did not plan on, but... Uh, but that's just the world know, we live in. <laughs> there's no such thing as coincidence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, do, do we have a uh, next year's movie? Um, yes, yeah, so I was thinking uh, for for next year, for next week, we could um, check out The Last Duel from Ridley Scott. Okay. Because that's on VOD now. So yeah, that, that sounds good. Um, um, and and we might have we might have to um, acknowledge some of the stuff that he's been saying during his press tour for the movie as well. Um, oh God, <laughs> we can get into that. But uh, but yeah, like I'm not oh, I'm not the biggest um, I'm not the biggest Ridley Scott fan in the world, but I have heard a lot of great things about this one. So I'm interested to to check it out. Yeah, I watched uh, uh, Raised by Wolves, which I think he EP'd and directed. Like, like the first the couple, right? Yeah. The beginning few episodes. So, um, yeah. And I and I enjoyed Prometheus. Haven't so. seen it. Haven't seen it. <laughs> I know people. That I one's know people divisive, have isn't it? Prometheus. What's that? It's like divisive, isn't it? I think a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that like an? Is that related to the Alien franchise? It's supposed to be like a super prequel to Aliens. Okay. Or like Alien, like the whole the whole franchise. Um, but like when I, I saw it and I didn't know any of that. So I just watched it as a movie mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. So, okay. Yeah. And by the way, this is only one of two really Scott directed movies that came out on the past few months. The other one is House of Gucci, which is, I think, still only in theaters. He directed House of Gucci? He did, yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh. Which I honestly don't know if I have a ton of interest in, but I do want to see it um, for the Lady Gaga performance because people you don't want to see it for the Jared Leto performance. No, <laughs> okay, well maybe just to make fun <laughs> of it because I've heard some things about that. Yeah, yeah. So we might have to check that one out later on, but uh, for for next week, uh, the last duel. Um, we won't be watching it on our smartphones though, so he can no, he can rest easy know. knowing that. God, I should get that David Lynch sound drop for the for the board which one the one where it's like don't watch it on your fucking phone oh yeah that would be that would be appropriate <laughs> those, uh, those damn millennials <laughs> at least the david lynch one is from like 2007 when the iphone was new mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he was ahead of the curve 
Now I'm going to uh, watch the last duel on my iPod video. There you go. Yeah. I still have mine somewhere. Nice. I watched the, I watched the office on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to do our uh, albums of the year? Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Um, how, how do we want to proceed? Should we do, we eat, we like exchange? Yeah. I was thinking we, we could, wanna... we could alternate. Like I would do number okay, 10 yeah, and yeah, you yeah. do number 10. Okay. Cause we, we yeah. both have top 10 lists, right? Yes. Yeah. And then like, you know, if if copyright were in a problem, it would have been really I, I would Yeah, it would yeah, have been really wish, cool to I like wish, yeah. announce an album, like to, to talk about an album and then like play a clip of something from it, but we can't do that. So No, unfortunately not. Um But we can have like so a, yes. a playlist that like accompanies this episode. Yes, yes, we could do that. Um and I also I see you have some honorable mentions here. Uh so do I. Mine is uh, extensive, actually. Honestly, like I, that was just the tip of the iceberg for me. Like I could just yeah. go on and on because I think it's been like, I mean, it, it always is, but it's been an incredible year for music. So yeah, it was it was tough coming up with just just ten. Yeah, because like for my honorable mentions, I also did like, if somebody released an EP, I didn't consider that for the albums. Yeah, but me too. I put that as an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a lot of honorable. There's a lot of good EPs this year. Yes. Yes. Uh, All right. So, so yeah, should we get so, uh, into the the prop? the proper lists i think so i think so yeah okay so so i'll start with my number 10 my number 10 is uh color grade by uh tirza which really the one album that i think is is really gonna uh depend on like your taste i think because it's i would i would describe it as experimental r&b mm, mm -hmm. um but it's it's really like verging on like avant-garde in in a lot of ways um it's really like it, it it just creates this soundscape throughout that is so like unique and i haven't really heard anything quite like it like musically um mm. even even uh tears previous album uh is is quite different from this um but i love it though i think it's great i think it's definitely worth checking out i don't guarantee that you'll like it but it's you know like it's 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 definitely a very specific um very specific sound very specific like uh concept that she has going here but it's really really good i think so um yeah that's color grade by by tears i'm gonna try to keep it short uh with these and not like mm -hmm. ramble too much like i'm already starting to do so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask what your number 10 is then uh yeah my number 10 i got cool from colleen green uh i love this one um she like every few years she'll just come out with an album that is like just funny and catchy and I just play it over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, she, she did it again with cool. And it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I just love it a lot. Her, um, her live performance is so great because mm -hmm. it's just her by herself with a guitar and like a foot pedal that like with looping tracks. Um, mm -hmm. and like, she just like, you know, wears sunglasses indoors and she's just like badass and it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so yeah, if you're into like, I don't know, like slowed down riot girl, you know, mm -hmm. punk, like, yeah. With a lot of like, green. with a lot of like self-loathing and like making like self, uh, deprecation, uh, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really great album. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. So my number nine is, um, Harmony Woods, Graceful Rage. So good. Yeah. Um, did we see, was that the same show with Colleen Green? I can't remember. Cause we, we saw Harmony Woods at the same event. I know they were both at the, um, the Asbury Park Brewery, but I forget if it was the same, same bill that they were on. No, we saw Harmony Woods open for The World Is. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We suspected that, um, The World Is was like, they were all like high, right? For that one. They were so fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were blasted. They were on another dimension. Didn't they put yeah. something out this year? 
we'll get to it. Oh, it's okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, Harmony Woods, uh, fantastic, like singer songwriter. Um, this her latest album, Graceful Rage, was produced by uh, Barty Strange, who's another favorite of mine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is terrific. Like, there's just like so much catharsis in this one. Um, there's just like a lot of like Graceful Rage is such an appropriate title because there's just like so much like controlled emotion, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Like, there's even one track later on that's just like a straight up like punk banger that's just so good um yeah yeah i love it a lot it's it's really good yeah i have it uh, a little higher on my list so we won't have to go over it uh extensively again but yeah so I, I so what number what so number much. is it for you uh it's easy one it's easy five five okay five. okay yeah yeah for me like a lot i did top because t- i feel like it's more interesting to rank them but like a lot of these are pretty interchangeable for me yeah yeah for me too yeah so what um, is your your number nine so my number nine is uh, Illusory Walls from The World is a Beautiful Place, but I'm no longer going <laughs> to die. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's such a strange one because whenever they just like suddenly put out a new album, you really have no idea what the hell it's going to be. Um, if it's going to be like if they just decide to put out an entire spoken word album that you can't like really listen to or uh, <laughs> if it's going to be like. You know, something solid that you can maybe listen to a couple times. Uh, or if it's going to be something, um, like, amazing, like, uh, Harmlessness. Um, and Illusory Walls is their best fucking album. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and it's probably not even close. Wow. Like, like just, just the amount of energy that it has um, and the emotion that it has. Like, it, it is... So far and away, it's like it blends um, like prog rock with their emo background um, without being like overwrought and like overdone. Um, it's it's really remarkable um, because like I sort of fell off of their whole thing um, after Harmlessness, uh, which was really good. Um, but like I couldn't like get into like their same like hook because they like it felt like they were too experimental. Like they just kind of kept like fucking around. Um, but then they had this in their back pocket. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's so fucking good. Um, I think I ignored this release because of like the stuff you mentioned. Like I just really wasn't sure about them anymore. Exactly. Yeah, no, that was, that was the thing with them. Um, so I'm going to have to check this out like immediately. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Um, like, but they, you know, it's, it's over over an hour long. Uh, they have two tracks that are over, uh, 12 minutes long each. So like it, it, it's it's not like the easiest listen, but like it's like it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my number nine. Awesome. That's surprising. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my number eight is um lately I feel everything by Willow, aka Willow Smith. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. This this album rules. It's uh. There's been like a resurgence of like two thousands era pop punk. Yeah. I feel like Paramore is more popular than they've ever been. Um. We, obviously, like with Olivia Rodrigo, we had a lot of that influence. Um. And I just don't think anybody's doing it better right now than willow is like this album is just like front to back so much fun um yeah like give me any 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 kind of like 2000s era punk and i'm, I'm just down for it so sure yeah so what's your um, your number eight uh i got caro caro benito they came out with a little album called civilization this year um and it is well it's, it's just it's more caro caro benito but it like it feels um maybe more focused in a way that some of their other stuff hasn't mm-hmm. where um I, I don't I never know what their deal is like I'm not like deep into the Caracara Bonita like I I, I kind of like got into them recently so um 
it maybe it's a concept album i don't know but it's got like this sort of like jungle background theming to it and you know there are all kinds of lyrics about like expeditions and rivers and all kinds of shit like that you know like you feel like you're like this explorer or something um like it could if 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 tomb raider wasn't such a serious franchise you know like this could be the soundtrack to it um it's just it's just like fun and uh like well i mean everything they do is experimental but um just like the the bizarre synth sounds they're making where they just like it it's it's all it's all noise but it's not like um noise rock if you know what i mean like they're just kind of making noises um <laughs> And and it, it works and it's fun. Uh, so yeah, I've been listening to that a ton lately. Uh, yeah, they've really um, they change up their sound quite a bit too. Because mm-hmm, like their mm-hmm. older stuff is like straight up super catchy pop, and then their album before this one is more of like a punk album, which was pretty surprising, and I loved it a lot. Um, yeah. And then this sounds like something different entirely, which I haven't I haven't gotten around to this yet. But uh, but yeah, I definitely should. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if. Phil Collins like took acid and like got lost in a jungle. Okay. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm down for that. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my number seven is um, this small indie artist named uh, Billie Eilish. Uh, oh, have, haven't heard, heard of him. Yeah. Just like yeah. makes like this bedroom pop. Um, very under the yeah. radar. Uh, really underappreciated. Um, yeah. Happier than ever. Her, her second, her second album came out this mm-hmm. summer. Um, I, it's interesting because her, her debut album, uh, the ideal setting for me, like listening to that was like blasting it in the car with the windows down, if you know what I mean. Like it's, it's got that Mm -hmm. type of like energy to it. And, um, that's really the last place I would want to listen to happier than ever. Yeah. This is like such a, cause I think it actually might be a better album than her debut as well. Like, I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you think of Billie Eilish as like a, a top 40 pop star because she, cause she is essentially, then this album is like almost radical because it's so minimalist and so like sparse and just like, so like personal and, 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 um, like there are songs that have like really cool beats and like the production is, is just incredible. Um, but like so much of it is just like so restrained and uh you know for someone who is like on top of the world basically and everybody's looking forward to this album to just come out with something where it's like the first track she has a lyric in it where it's like um the thing i used to love is now just what keeps me employed right Mm -hmm. and so it's like you know any expectation you had for this album is kind of like turned on its head and you're you're given something that's like such an insight into like her struggles and her mind said and everything she's facing with like being a, like one of the most famous people in the world as a teenager i mean when you like when you combine this with the documentary that came out this year uh, the world is a little blurry i believe is the title of it the billy eilish documentary mm-hmm. um there's just like so much laid bare you know like you you're it's it's both both pieces of art are just like so um personal and and so candid um and i i really i i applaud her for that like i love it yeah um, for whatever reason, I have not listened to it nearly as much as I listened to her first album. And I came to her first album so goddamn late. Um, but uh, it, it didn't it didn't draw me the same way. Um, 
but but when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is fucking phenomenal. But I like it's I still don't have that um attachment to it. Maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what you know my my deal with it is. Yeah, um, I mean, I haven't listened to it as much either. Um, mm-hmm. because I think it does it it requires your attention more. It's really not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not the thing that you just put on in the background in the way that her first album was. Mm. You know, it like demands mm-hmm. you to listen more. I think not to sound like yeah, pre- yeah, not yeah. to sound pretentious about it, but no, but I know what you mean. But yeah, I do think I do think it's her best work yet. It's it's terrific, and and Phineas's production is just un, unreal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, what's your what's your number seven? Yeah, I think, uh, well, we've mentioned this album before, and I think you have this uh, a little later, um, but uh, Snail Mail's Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I, I play this album so much. Um, like, I listened to it twice yesterday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I play it so much. Um, it's just it's just so good, and it's such a step up from her debut, and her debut is fucking stellar. Uh, it, there's, like, so much you could say about it. Like, there's so many, like... Like forever is like such an amazing track. Um, Madonna, like oh my god, like Ben Franklin, like like it's such a good album. Um, like and and even like listening to it now and knowing the fact that she um she needs to have like vocal surgery. Um, which she did like, have, and almost, it was it was um according to her Instagram, it was successful. It's good to hear, but like now I'm like listening and like I almost hear like like her like vocal cords straining and it's like you know jesus Mm -hmm. um yeah and it sort of gives it like a whole new i don't know dimension for me um and maybe that's just me like you know like reading in and listening into it too much but like because like her voice didn't sound this way previously yeah she she's mentioned in interviews Um, even aside from just from the the vocal cord issues her voice just got deeper out of nowhere mm, between mm. the her first album and this one and Mm -hmm. so she sort of had to like figure out how to approach that like you know like sonically like how to um how to perform that way you know Mm -hmm. yeah um and well and on the recording she figured that the fuck out oh oh yeah uh, oh yeah it sounds amazing um yeah um spo- like, spoiler alert oh no keep going keep going sorry but yeah like on on like the the closing song mia is like she just fucking brings it um yeah I, 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 i'll just i'll just keep gushing about each individual song so yeah go ahead no i was gonna say spoiler this is my my number one um yeah yeah it's my number one on the year uh i might be a little bit biased because lush her her debut has become one of my favorite albums ever um I've, i think i've listened to it more than anything else in the past few years mm-hmm um yeah this one just hits incredibly hard like harder than anything else i've listened to this year um the way that she's able to uh like both lyrically and just like vocally the the emotion in every single track like it's it's hard for me to even describe um just like how much like raw emotion is in this Mm -hmm. you know um like i could start quoting lyrics i'm not going to do that but (laughs) yeah yeah. but yeah i mean everything you said i i agree with it's 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 incredible incredible she's she's one of the best songwriters out there um mm-hmm. yeah yeah i can't wait for that show like the show we were gonna go to got delayed because of you know she had to have surgery but like i, I can't wait to see these songs so uh yeah yeah so my number six is um we're all alone in this together uh by dave who is a a british rapper who i um mm. i discovered for the first time this year um yeah this is and this is this isn't this is not the 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 fx Dave. It's so funny. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is somebody completely different. Um, okay. 
Yeah, there's the FX show Dave about uh, Lil Dicky. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, no, this is completely uh, unrelated. Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, no, this is a phenomenal album. Uh, Dave is is tremendous rapper. Um, like he he covers so much in this, like everything from like personal struggles to relationship issues to like broader um, societal issues, like like oppression and like human rights in the UK and just like all sorts of stuff. Like it's 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 masterful. It's it's terrific. Mm. Um, I'd heard a lot of great. things things about his previous album psychodrama but i checked this one out first and i i every time i go to listen to him this album is so good that i haven't even like touched psychodrama yet because i just keep mm, listening to mm-hmm. this one um so yeah i couldn't i couldn't recommend him highly enough uh what's nice. your what's your number six uh i got slow thrust parallel timeline so good uh i had no idea this was coming out and then it came out <laughs> yeah i didn't know until and the then... day it's the day it released yeah yeah, and, and it's it's fucking amazing. Um, they don't miss. They don't. They really don't. Uh, th- they're just so good. They the the biggest. Th- and I said this like whenever um we saw them, like they just don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They'll just they'll just do whatever, and it pretty much always fucking works. <laughs> um, yeah, and their th- their lyrics are just like so darkly comedic. Um, and then they'll just like say something that sounds crazy. And then like, it's in your head and you think about it and you're like, oh my God, that's genius. And then while you're thinking about it, they're already just like jamming into like, you know, some ridiculous riff <laughs> while you're still thinking about that lyric. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there it's just so much fucking fun. Um, and this might be their strongest album um yeah it's definitely up there i think i like their previous one a little bit more but it's 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 up there for sure i have to be in the right headspace for that one uh-huh. um but yeah it, it's that, that uh the pact is yeah it's really good um but this one i can just like keep throwing it on like over and over um so yeah it's parallel timeline uh from slow thrust yeah terrific they're just, they're just so good mm-hmm. that should be one of my notable mentions for sure yeah. uh, but there's like stuff i forget about like i i listened to uh the lucy dacus album earlier mm-hmm. this morning mm-hmm. and i'm like how did i not <laughs> yeah. where did this i had to <laughs> i had to go through like my albums and like look at the dates like in order to see if like i was missing something or not that's why my honorable mentions are like enormous yeah well i screwed uh, myself up a little bit because i switched streaming services in the middle of the year Right. So there was some right. stuff from the beginning of the year that kind of got lost for me. And then I had to remember and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was terrific. And I, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, but um, but yeah, so my number five is uh, History of a Feeling by Maddie Diaz. Um, mm. This is just a, a, a stunning singer songwriter album. Um, uh, just she's someone who her lyrics uh, come through with like so much clarity. Um, and it's, it, it's basically it's essentially like a breakup album, but it's just um, there, there's so much like um, like purpose behind it. And like, you know, exactly how she's feeling and exactly like where her mind is at at all times and it just it, it just like comes through so clearly and it's it's so brilliantly written um i definitely i definitely recommend this one if you like like indie folk and like singer songwriters this is one of the best ones that i heard all year nice so you're number five yeah i got uh so uh you may have forgotten because i kind of did uh there's a new tiger's draw album this year yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's tiger's draw uh i won't care how you remember me um yeah i don't know how i forgot because i listened to it a ton when it came out um, and it's so fucking good. So yeah, like it, it's more Tiger's Jaw. Um, I think I think I take them for granted. I know, right? And we, like we were waiting so long for this album too, because uh, it had been four years. <laughs> it had been four years since the last album. <laughs> um, so yeah, everybody should be listening to Tiger's Jaw, and this album is fantastic. Uh, 
They also like lemon mouth is so good. They, Body language. Yeah, they released it before like, like vaccines and stuff. So because this was like back in like February, I think. And for their album release, they had on YouTube like they played the entire thing front to back. Yeah, which was really good. It was a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I don't they, they haven't been able to tour to support this yet. I don't think. I think they played just a handful of shows, but not like a full blown a full blown tour, which is right. really unfortunate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think a lot of people have forgotten this album. Um, because I am one of them. So I made sure to get it on my list, uh, because it's fucking tiger's jaw. Come on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah. Great stuff. Um, my number four is, uh, call me if you get lost by Tyler, the creator. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, like there are some artists where you listen to their new stuff and it's like, they, they've kind of like just did the same thing they were doing before. You know, they kind of recycle mm-hmm. material. Um, you can never accuse Tyler, the creator of doing that. Um, just like endless ambition and like inspiration, uh, coming from this guy. Like this, this is just like a, just a straight up rap album. Whereas he was mm-hmm. like doing like like a mix of like R&B and hip hop and like experimental stuff before but this is just like this is like Tyler the MC like it's mm, it's just mm. front to back just like so good like the energy um the guest appearances on this just everything like it's so much fun to listen to like I've had it on repeat like since it came out like it's just so good nice yeah I'm at a point on the list now where like four to one are like very very interchangeable like I could have easily like swapped any sure. of these anywhere you know yeah 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 so what's your what's your number four uh I got Harmony Woods, Graceful Rage. Uh, so oh, that's right. That's story, right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very good. Yeah. My, my number three um, is, and I, <laughs> I listened to this just like yesterday and I'm like, oh no, this is number one. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, it's Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. Mm-hmm. N- nobody's like who's had a bigger year than um, than Michelle's honor. I mean, she has this album. She has a memoir, a best selling memoir, um, mm-hmm. a movie deal from that best selling <laughs> memoir, uh, a video game soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, a terrific tour somehow. <laughs> in yeah, the middle yeah. of all a compl- that a completed tour completed with no tour. issues whatsoever yeah like i'm, I'm assuming this yeah, is still like, this is still somewhere on your list to come right uh yes okay yes. i think it's actually next so we can yeah just <laughs> get that out of the way yeah yeah it's yeah because you you mentioned so in the same way like i was talking about the billy eilish album and, and the way that it kind of works in tandem with the documentary that came out like you can combine this with her memoir and get a real just like such a a, a full picture of like what she is writing about you know mm-hmm. oh completely yeah yeah um and but, but i mean at the same time like it's not you know uh uh like needed background material to uh appreciate jubilee like no it, not it, at all it, it, it completely stands on its own as like this uh tremendously um both emotive and uh like joyous album um but yeah like if you if you know her um sort of background like uh um coming to terms with the the loss of her mom um and sort of the 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 um the background on her previous albums uh and you come to uh, appreciate how she uh is coming out with this uh sort of joyous uh release now um and then now all of a sudden she's on top of the world after all this uh agony and heartbreak um it's really it's really remarkable to see uh like the journey of you know one person sort of both overcoming that and just like putting in all of this hard work and seeing it pay off 
um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, the the thing that stuck with me from one of her interviews from around this, the time of release for this album was she was talking about how like she she thinks about her discography as a whole and like where each album fits within that, and to like have the third album be like this this statement, right? Like this statement and this like um, energetic and like fun work, um, mm-hmm. which definitely describes this. Even though like the the topics that she's writing about are are quite heavy and and serious, but the music itself is just some of the like most fun and catchy and like detailed stuff that I've I've heard all year. Like the music mm-hmm. musically, this album blows my mind. It's just oh, it's it's so fucking layered. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, it's like, incredible. Yeah, like I I said this after the show. It's like the people that she has on stage with her are just like musicians to like the the highest degree. They are like so fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's, they they know what they're doing. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, I'm very happy that um, we were able to see her uh, in the midst mm-hmm. of, of all this stuff going on. That we were able to to go to that show because it was fantastic. Oh yeah, yep. And so you said that was your number. What your number two? That was my. That was my number four. I think I screwed up and I have eleven on here. Oh, which is why my numbers are off. <laughs> That's all right. Nobody's nobody's keeping score. Um, but what was what was next up on the on the list for you? Uh, after uh, after Japanese breakfast, I have the Sonder Bombs, Clothbound. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another one that came out towards the beginning of the year. Um, and whenever it came out, it was like all I was listening to. Uh, it it yeah, it is it is a tremendous album. Um, and it would just be in my head over and over, so I just had to keep playing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and it, I feel like nobody knows who they are uh and like title sure as shit doesn't know who they are because i'll play this album and it's like oh yeah we can't find anything uh related to this so we're not going to play anything else after the album ends oh no uh, <laughs> so it's like yeah so people should be listening to the sonder bombs because this album is tremendous yeah i have this um, as one of my notable mentions i think it's it's terrific i think maybe recency bias has has sort of um took them out of my top 10 because it did come so early in the year but yeah that was uh that was a surprise for me because i hadn't heard of them uh prior to like reading about you know on the day of their album release right yeah um and then checking them out based on like who produced like i think they have the same producer who did like hop along one of their albums i think so yeah so i checked them out just on that basis and yeah i was blown away they're terrific mm-hmm. yeah like the the vocal range and then like the uh the sort of like varied instrumentation like to go from like emo to sort of harder to you know um yeah it, it's 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 very very good um and more people need to listen to them definitely definitely um so my number two and and i i struggled where to put this one um i thought of leaving it off the list entirely because i didn't i thought maybe it doesn't fit because it's technically um a re-recording well two re-recordings i've, I've cheated here and i've i've named two <laughs> albums in one spot what? I mean that's okay. I did eleven, so there we go. So it, yeah, it evens out. Um, so this is this is Red and Fearless, uh, Taylor's versions of uh, Taylor Swift's two re-recordings that she released this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take the total runtime of both these albums, almost four hours, I think, of music <laughs> that she released. Yeah. Um, hey, that's that's like one Marvel movie. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
God, like, what is there even left to say that hasn't already been said about Taylor Swift? But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I decided to include these because, like, listening to Red now this year, because um, I can remember uh, freshman, my freshman year of college was when this album first came out. And I remember, like, being in the dorms and hearing people, like, blasting this and even mm-hmm. and even in some cases, like, singing along to it. And then, like, I go on, like, social media now and I just, I see the same exact thing. Um, so it's like her, her music is... is is timeless it's it's you know her impact is like spanning multiple generations now at this point um these re-recordings are just stunning like it's the 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 integrity of like the originals are still intact but she's she's brought she's brought elements to it of like how she's you know like her progression from then to now you can you can you can hear it in in these re-recordings so it's like they're faithful But like at the same time, it's they, they've progressed. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Like I, they're just like as a songwriter, she's she's kind of in a league of her own when it comes to like just the fact that the amount, like the sheer volume of music that she <laughs> that she has come out with, especially in the last like two and a half. She's she's technically released five albums in the last like two and a half years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is just just insane, and then the, the quality of all five of those, mm-hmm. like she she simply does not miss. Like it's 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 really she's operating on a level that I just like I she's she's unmatched. It's it's I don't know what to say. Like it's she's unbelievable. Um, yeah, and she clearly has like you know resonated with so many people. Like you know I don't know I don't know if you're if you're not listening to Taylor Swift by now, um, I don't necessarily think I can convince you to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be kind of weird if I could, honestly, <laughs> but, um, I would definitely urge you to, to, to take a look at, uh, at these two re-recordings of, of Red and Fearless. Red in particular, I think is her best album. Um, and yeah, at, at this, at this point, I don't think you're talking to anybody else but me. <laughs> Cause th- I think everybody else listens to Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So you, you specifically <laughs> should, should give Red a, a listen, I think. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that that's that's my that's my list because my number one is is snail mail. So I do have some notable mentions, yeah. but you your list isn't finished. You have at least a couple more, right? No, I got two more. Two more, uh, and they're they're kind of related. Uh, so yeah, so my number two is Illuminati Hotties. Let me do one more. Um, so much. This fun. was the one we were waiting for. Um, <laughs> yes. It it's it's so good. It's so much fun. Um, it does feel a little weird to. It's almost January to be listening to pool hopping. Uh, but I can't help it because it's too catchy. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. Um, like you can go from like pool hopping to like just these, like something that hits you to your core, like threatening each other regarding capitalism. Like, oh my God, (laughs) just, 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 just fuck me up. Just fuck me up. And then like some near country shit, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. They got screwed Um, over by the record label and then they just like, just like got even better because of mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, like that, that last album, uh, has grown on me. The one that was like a, like a big, like, fuck you to the label. Um, and then this one is, is just like a blast. Like I I need to hear Mm -hmm. this. I need to hear these songs live for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so much fucking fun. Um, so yeah, everybody should be listening to Illuminati Hotties. Uh, and should I get my, my number one, should I get my cheerleading gear out for this, for this number one? Cause I, I feel like should. I know what it is. You should. Everybody should know what it is. I've talked about this album a lot. Uh, yeah, it's Pom Pom Squad, Death of the Cheerleader. Um, it, it's the album I've listened to the most this year. It's the album I'm going to keep listening to next year. 
Uh, and that's really should I be the metric, right? That should be how you figure out what the album of the year is for you. Yeah, um, it is. It, it's like a perfect album. It is so complete in its vision and its, uh, you know, its messaging and what it's attempting to do. Um, and Pom Pom Squad is like the the vision of the band is like so totally realized and like this is the culmination of it. Um, like this is what they've been trying to do and they fucking pull it off. Uh, and it's fucking stellar. Um, like just like going into like head cheerleader and then like closing with be good. Like it, it's just, yeah. And then like red with love is like song of the year for me. Um, I, I just, I just love this album so much. Uh, if, if there's a day that I don't listen to it, it's like an off day. Oh wow. Like, honestly. Okay. Like, like seriously like this is i i don't know the last time i liked an album this much um yeah it, it's 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 that it's that good for me it's 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 probably an all-timer like like at this point um that's awesome yeah uh and then they also just put out a, a cover of nada surf's uh popular and they recreated the um the original music video uh, at like Bayonne High School in New Jersey. Oh, wow. Um, like like shot for shot remake of the video. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, and that's also really good. They're touring uh, with them, right? Yeah, they just wrapped up a tour with them. Um, so like so yeah, they got some more stuff going on. Um, I'm already I I can't already wait for new material. Uh, yeah, I I can't wait to see what they do next. But uh, in the meantime, I'm gonna be listening to this album <laughs> <laughs> again and again uh, until that happens. Uh, so yeah. Um, do we do we want to do some honorable mentions? I would like to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start out with some? Yeah, I could do some because I got a fucking ton here. Um, Drug Church. They put out a couple of EPs. They put out Tawny and also a Million Miles of Fun. Uh, they've sort of um, expanded from being like sort of like your you know pretty standard hardcore like sludgy kind of thing while still doing that, but then also being like, ah, let's just throw some shoegaze in here too. Why not? Um, so yeah, that's really exciting to see. I'm looking forward to, uh, a full length at some point, hopefully. Um, what else? Uh, got Lucy Dacus, uh, home video, Julian Baker, Little Oblivions. Um, oh yeah, Mannequin Pussy also put out the perfect EP, uh, this year. That's also very good. We heard some of those uh, tracks live. They're terrific. Yes, yes. Uh, those are awesome. Uh, Remember Sports, they put out that uh, LP. Oh, that's like a right. Stone. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really yeah. good. Yeah. That, that, like, I listened to that a lot when that came out. And then now it also flew, like, under the radar after everything else. Um, let's see. Uh, Rap Boys, Happy Birthday, Rap Boy. Um, I love that one. Yeah. Potty Mouth put out a couple EPs. Or, oh, like, yeah. Singles, they, I guess. they just, uh, they announced that they've broken up, which is really sad. Oh, really? That was like they their, just put those out. that was like their farewell release. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Shit. Damn. Yeah. Very, very under, under the radar punk bands. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Be Abba Doobie put out their extended EP. Oh man, that thing, that thing really took me by surprise because like it's, it's so different from the, from their debut album that came out yeah. pretty recently. I think, I guess that was 2020. Um, yeah, it was last year, I think. And like, this thing is just like, I, it's so like, I was so addicted to it for like a solid month. I was listening to it pretty much almost every day. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, they've, they've blown up and, and, and deservedly so they're huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spanish Love Songs also put out an EP, uh, Phantom Limb. Um, Jeff Rosenstock, he, like, officially released, like, this compilation of things he put out. He called it 2020 Dump because it was originally available on his band camp last year, but then it got, like, uh, like a streaming release, uh, last month. So I guess that's 2021. I put it here. I don't know. Um, Dirty Nil put out Fuck Art. 
Um, Torres, <laughs> Thirstier. There's, there's, there was oh, like so like much. Tor- I didn't yeah. really like Torres. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Claro. Uh, Ooh, can yeah. we? Uh, so the Claro, Claro is interesting. Um, so Immunity was was probably my album of the year in like I guess 2019. I think mm-hmm. that was her debut. And so this one, uh, Sling, is is um, her follow up, and it's it's produced by Jack Antonoff, which I have a I have a conflicted. Uh, relationship with with jack antonoff's production because mm-hmm. he works with like so many artists like he, he worked with claro on this album he worked with uh lord for her new album uh saint vincent i believe this year as well um i it's one it's one of those things where it's like it's it's great that these artists have found a producer that they that they want to work with and that you know they work well with but like i don't know if his production style is for me which is mm-hmm. which is fine because these artists aren't making mm-hmm. music for me of course but like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sort of like almost like his production is clashing with what I have come to like know and love about the artists he's working with mm, mm-hmm. um, like that said though I think the Claro album is 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 stunning uh, in a lot of ways like I think it's it's such a, a great like pivot um, and I think a much needed one too based on like interviews that I've read about like how she was feeling about like the trajectory of her music um, yeah and so like this feels like a very very like genuine and sincere and, and really like brilliantly like ly- lyrically written album it's just something about the like Anton off of it all <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> that's yeah, like yeah, yeah no you know yeah yeah um which is just maybe like a personal preference thing for me no yeah but i know what you mean because like clara like that was one of my most anticipated albums this year and it's something that sure. i would have guessed would have ended up in my top 10 but um i just haven't like connected with it in the same way that i did her previous one but at the same time like i really appreciate it so it's i'm, I'm just conflicted i don't know same thing with lord too like lord would be a notable mention for me um i think like i'm definitely not alone in, in being a bit underwhelmed or disappointed by this because like it had been like four years since three or four years since her last album which a lot of people consider like to be a masterpiece mm. um and this one uh and I, I should probably say this is one of my most listened to albums of the year even though i was sort of underwhelmed by it um because mm-hmm. like even like disappointing lord is still better than than most artists than most artists um but yes again something with jack antonoff's style it clashed with uh like what lord was doing in the past um mm. so i don't know i don't know i just i'm a bit conflicted there yeah no i get it but did you have any um, any more no no i think that i think i think that's oh how did i forget uh the samia ep uh scout Oh yeah, um, um, the first track on that, I forget the title, is one of my favorite songs that came out this year. Yeah, it's fucking stellar. Yeah. Um, also a very a very good TikTok follow, so Samia is as well. Oh yeah. Um, just like completely low effort like TikTok dances, um, and, and just like <laughs> <laughs> and just like really really silly like nonsense stuff. It's just it's she's very funny on there. Um, but yeah, I had a couple that I wanted to mention. Uh, Turnstile. I don't know if you listen to this one. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's like you have this hardcore punk band that has completely transcended that genre and are playing like Seth Meyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. Um, yeah, like they 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 uh really they they play it like it's a hardcore punk album for sure, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like it takes influences from so many other things and it's just like so accessible. Um Yeah, it's it's got the same like riffs and structure, but then it's got like 
just some of the edges like slightly sanded off in production mm-hmm. um and then it's got like sort of hip-hop infused influences um and it's really something yeah it's it's pretty remarkable um if it wasn't such a crazy year for music this probably would have been on my top 10 mm-hmm. yeah um i also want to mention sloppy jane um who uh whose debut came out on phoebe bridger's uh her record label mm-hmm. um so you know anything that releases on that label is an automatic listen for me sure and yeah. i kind of wasn't into it at first mm. um this is something that i really won't be able to describe it's just like you kind of have to listen to it it, it really defies genre it kind of def- defies like even like era like it, it could be made in the 60s it could be made this year it could be like it's just it's it's very unique um it was recorded in a cave <laughs> okay all right okay <laughs> um <laughs> okay <laughs> it's kind of genius um but it didn't it took like a month of me like like hesitantly coming back to it a few times to realize that it was genius um like it definitely is a it's an acquired taste i'll say mm. it's very interesting sloppy jane yeah uh, a, a very good twitter follow um <laughs> Okay. Hmm. Very funny on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would give it a shot. Like it, it might put you off, but you also might get something out of it. I don't know. It's very good. I think. Um, also Lil Nas X, another very under the radar mm-hmm. artist. Uh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> no. Um, I, I think, uh, I think Lil Nas X is like a genius as well. I think he's like, as like a pop superstar, he has crafted, uh, like a brand for himself and like markets himself in a way that like so effective um and then like you know the like the messaging that he has and like everything that he stands for is great as well and then the, well like how many people were convinced that that was just like he was a one-hit wonder oh you know? totally like the whole yeah. the whole like hip-hop country infused hip-hop thing mm-hmm. like because that's kind of what he was grouped into right with that mega hit yeah. that he had initially um but then he came out with this album this day de- it's kind of hard to believe it's his debut album but it, it is uh montero came out this year best new artist yeah (laughs) best new artist yeah (laughs) um and it's it's just like it's hit after hit like it's so good um like it's hip-hop it's pop it's he's got a track with elton john like it's just like there's so much going on in this and it's got that commercial with elton john oh does he yeah it's like it's like a it's like a uber eats or something okay cool sure i've just i've I've just seen it a lot that's all. okay um yeah no it's it's a great album um it's it's so like varied and, and interesting and just like his whole like everything about him like his persona his his brand like his his social media his music everything it's just i think it's 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 he's the superstar it's it's great great stuff um nice. yeah i think that was about it i'm trying to think i talked about lord right yeah yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i think that's about it i've been rambling on for long enough here we can move on all right cool yeah that was it uh it was a fucking crazy year for music so much came out yeah i guess Uh, like last year i think some artists maybe held off on releasing last year either by choice or by by necessity you know like an inability to like releasing an album with an inability to tour is just brutal like i I know if um the album title of the year for me was uh men i trust uh their their latest is called untourable album (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is so so apt yeah. um yeah but yeah um crazy year for sure yeah we'll um we'll make a spotify playlist i gotta dig up the fucking spotify password to the it doesn't add up account and uh i'll put that in either in the podcast description and or you know make a separate post and uh so i can check out some stuff um so yeah let's uh let's move into some do- it doesn't add up minis here quickly um so uh uh antarctica has got something to do with covid um 
they uh they make covid there or 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 covid exists there or or something um so this this comes from a twitter user this is uh francesco 40996115 uh and so you know they're an authority on something um and uh i actually just looked at their bio uh, and their bio is straight white male in all caps uh too many privileges for just one person uh so you know this is going to be interesting and so what they do is here they ha they have compiled a Wait, little so, graphic. So I'm of, sorry to um, like derail this immediately, but no, it's is fine. that them like is that like a commentary on straight white men or is that them declaring that they are a straight white male? It's them declaring it. Oh, okay. It's them declaring it. So they're they, they're they saying that they have too many privileges. Yes. I mean, I guess at least they're self-aware. Like that's not that's not it's kind of weird. But they're being I think they're being it's like they're saying that oh yeah look at me I'm actually so privileged but they they don't believe that that is a thing. Oh it's like sarcastic. Yes. Oh yes. okay. Well that's stupid. Of course it is. <laughs> uh <laughs> You know what else is stupid is what they fucking posted. Uh so they've got a compiled graphic here and it hasn't gotten crunchy yet but I know the more times that it gets posted around Facebook it'll just start getting crunchier and crunchier. I'm sorry what is this uh, what is this early. how is crunchy used as, uh, to describe what I don't understand. Do you know like whenever there's like some shitty uh image that just keeps getting posted and screenshotted or whatever and so it starts getting lower and lower res. Does that happen? I didn't know that happens. Yeah. So it starts getting crunchy. The kids call it deep fried. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so we haven't gotten there yet. This one's fresh. Uh, and so this is an image that they've compiled together of uh, supposedly different islands uh, in Antarctica. So there's one, it says Coronation Island. And there's another one that says Delta Island. And there's another one that says Omicron Islands. And so they're like, what the hell is going on in Antarctica? And then there's another one that says Rothschild Island. And then there's one that says Rockefeller Plateau. And then there's one that says Deception Island. Now these aren't seasons of Survivor, right? No, not yet at least. <laughs> okay. Not until Survivor Antarctica. Um, so <laughs> their point, <laughs> their point without actually making it is that, uh, there are islands in Antarctica that are named Delta and Omicron. And so this is somehow related to COVID. Wait, but aren't Delta and Omicron like, what are they like Greek names? The Greek, the Greek letters. Yes. So, so both these, <laughs> so, so both of these things are named off, named after something else. Yes. Yes. Okay. We solved it. <laughs> and the one that's coronation is because coronation is like a crown crowning. So it's crown. So they think that, that oh, that means it's corona, coronation. It's the nation of corona. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is just pure unfiltered stupidity. Um, and so the, the replies, the replies are um, just straight unfiltered like schizophrenia. Uh, like not even like, 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 I wish, I wish this shit was, um, ironic. I really, I really do. Uh, An Antarctica is the hidden location of Dark Fleet, the Nazi outpost of the Fourth Reich where they escaped to post-World War II under the co-command of the Draco Reptilian Zeta Collective. There's a Stargate portal there. SG-1 and Halley, or Haley, is that the comet? Probably the comet. I'm reading your tweets about this and I'm intrigued. How do you know all of this? <laughs> Research Operation High Jump. Okay, and then I have to find the dude that uh, posted the, um... Okay, yeah, so then the Flat Earthers come in, okay? So then the Flat Earthers are saying, nope, Antarctica is actually just a fucking wall. And so then they're posting images of that. So they think it's Game of Thrones. This is an image that says beyond the ice wall. <laughs> and so it's literally just a wall of ice that surrounds our continents. And then outside of that, there are some sort of unknown continents. Then there's some kind of other wall, some kind of earthen wall. And then outside of that, there are more planets. 
And those, those are not planets, I'm sorry, continents. And those continents, some of them, one's labeled Atlantis, one's labeled Lemuria. So all because some dipshit posted Antarctic Islands, one of which was named Delta. I mean... And Omicron. Coronation. <laughs> coronation. What's going on? What's going on? I mean, I'm at a loss for words here. This is like, uh, this is like next level stupidity. Here's the... Here's another one. Which is the highest continent above sea level? Antarctica is the highest continent on the Earth with an average elevation of 7,545 feet above sea level, the edge of the flat Earth. <laughs> what does that mean? Why is that? Why is that the conclusion? Why is that the conclusion? How did you come across this? Like, how do you find these people? I don't understand. It doesn't. It doesn't take a lot. All you have to do, like this is sincere. All you have to do is look at a post from like any news outlet, okay? Like just go to CNN, even even like the AV Club. And if you see somebody that is yelling at like the AV Club <laughs> or CNN, mm -hmm. you click on their profile and you can see the shit that they've retweeted. You will see pure unfiltered schizophrenia. And you click on that and you will just find wild shit. You'll find wild shit. Oh my God, now they're posting Lambda Island. Lambda Island in the Antarctic. Lambda variant of COVID might be resistant to vaccines. Oh my God, you people. I mean, there was a guy on Twitter uh, who was like proud of himself for tweeting like back in the early summer. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna prepare for the Omicron variant, you know? Cause it, cause you, because you know it's coming because it's it's named after something right. specific and, and like you can follow the, the, you know. The naming convention. The naming convention there. So it's like, it's like, come on, just like a simple, I mean, I know we're talking about like insane people here, but like somebody, it's just a simple Google search is, is really all you need. Is that why Trump ordered all those icebreakers? What, to destroy Antarctica? What is that going to do? Oh, I thought they, they were, I thought they were bringing up Trump, this Trump because of the, the big wall in, in Antarctica. Maybe he was responsible for building that, that wall. Our non-human cousins, definitely in Antarctica. All the fake dead are also beyond the ice wall. What the fuck are they talking about? Oh no, that is game of thrones yes coronation of the the uh, night king or whatever his name is cabal leaders go to antarctica to surrender to extraterrestrials and earth alliance yeah man 20 likes on that one so how long until somebody on uh, like 4chan or whatever decides to uh travel to antarctica and document their uh their experience this one's got 16 likes i do find it interesting i believe something is kept hidden there yeah do you conspiracy realist truth teller free thinker patriot Pure blood researcher. Cool. Okay, the pure blood one creeps me out a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a uh, they have a Guy Fox mask painted uh, in the American flag. The Guy Fieri what? The Guy Fox mask. No, I don't you know, know what that is. The stupid an anonymous mask. You mean like from Mr. Robot? Y yeah, but from uh, fucking V for Vendetta. Oh, okay. Uh, this just reminded me, by the way, a couple weeks ago we had that um, kind of incomprehensible uh, Taylor Swift discussion. Yeah. Towards the end of the episode. And, and I went back and like listened to part of it because I'm like, oh, how bad is this? And I yeah. guess we played the clip of the song and you didn't take it out, but you like did like voice vocal distortion on it. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounded like somebody doing like a um, like a ransom video. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. singing. I had to. I had to <laughs> I <laughs> pitch shift Taylor Swift, yeah. But singing a Taylor Swift song, which is very, yeah. very, very creepy. <laughs> well, because if I did it the other way, it sounded like the Chipmunks. I'd almost prefer it's that, so to be honest. <laughs> it was literally, there's literally a setting in uh, Audition. It says, like, summon the Dark Lord. And I was like, oh, let's see how, that's, let's see how that sounds like. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is acceptable. Yeah. I'm going to go with this one. It, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, they think that, COVID is being stored in Antarctica and the elites are hanging out there for some reason. 
All because the islands are also named after the Greek alphabet. That's really not the climate that I would go to hang out in if I was, like, rich. No, but I guess because they also think that they're reptilians, so they have the cold blood, so they think it's fine. Oh, uh, okay. Even though, that's not, even though that's also not how reptiles work, because if it did, then Antarctica would be full of reptiles. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it like is. Maybe we just need, don't know it. Maybe they're hiding them. They actually need the sun like a lot. Says um, who? <laughs> that's true. They don't listen to the uh, the experts. All right. So uh, this this just came out yesterday. Um, funnily enough, uh, so there was a conspiracy conference, um, and <laughs> a ton of the attendees are having COVID symptoms. Uh, and since they're of course QAnon conspiracy theorists, they don't believe in COVID. And so they uh, think that they got poisoned with anthrax. I mean, was there a lot of raw hide being passed around? Like, what's <laughs> what's going on here? So uh, this took place in Dallas, of course, uh, the weekend of the of December tenth, uh, actually. Um, and so there's this fellow named Joel Altman, and uh, he has a podcast called Conservative Daily. And uh, on the podcast, he was seen coughing and sneezing. Uh, and so he claims that, uh, there's a 99.9% chance that it was anthrax. And do we know the other point zero zero one? Did he say what that could be? <laughs> no, but maybe he's actually, maybe he's being charitable and giving that 0.01% chance to COVID. Oh, to COVID. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, he said that even though no one had tested positive for anthrax poisoning, uh, <laughs> they got tested none for of the, anthrax. And none of the other 3,500 attendees so far have reported suffering the effects of anthrax. Um, oh, that's so funny that they actually went out of their way to get tested for anthrax instead of COVID. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, he also claimed he claimed that he and up to a dozen other people who were in the green room at an event fell ill over the following days. So he and the people around him are having the same symptoms that are also the symptoms of COVID. But no, it's a 99.9% chance of anthrax. Uh, he said that uh, he... Uh, he was sick, sick, and claimed his symptoms were tempered because he was already taking the antibiotic doxycycline as a result of impaling his leg on an arrow in an accident in his brother's garage weeks previously. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, man. So he, t he took an arrow to the knee. He took an arrow to the knee, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> What, what what is your situation where you're just like you have arrows just sticking out of things like what? <laughs> well, he was a real trooper though because he was able to go to the convention mm -hmm. after suffering a uh, serious injury there. Jovan Pulitzer, an election conspiracist who was also at the conference, also apparently experienced more severe symptoms. Uh, Pulitzer, a failed inventor who once created a barcode scanner, listed as one of the worst fifty inventions ever. Uh, it's weird that they would involved. name such a prestigious award after him. I don't know what he did to deserve that. <laughs> Uh, he was heavily involved in the bogus Arizona recount uh, and promoted the idea that ballot boxes had been flown into Arizona on election night from Asia to swing the vote in Biden's favor. Um, uh, apparently, he's not been heard from in several days and reported severe complications, including body lesions and weeping skin. Ooh. Um, claims that these illnesses were due to an anthrax attack were shared and viewed hundreds of thousands of times on Telegram and other alt tech platforms like Gab and Parler. Is there any like do they have a theory on how the anthrax was uh, like dispersed? Like like how did everybody come into contact with it in, in, like that they believe? Like did, how do they think this happened? Because it's, it's obviously COVID, but like. 
like, you know, in their mindset, like how they think it happened. After Alban made the claim about anthrax uh, without providing a shred of evidence, mm -hmm. the conspiracy was boosted by other election fraud conspiracists like former New Mexico State University professor David Clements and Overstock.com founder Patrick Burns. <laughs> Bogus claim was also boosted by QAnon influencer turned congressional candidate Ron Watkins, who called for prayers for those affected. It's not the type of boosting that they should be getting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, after Alban made his initial claim, other conspiracy-minded folk highlighted a video from the event that showed a fog machine operating during the conference, suggesting that this is how the anthrax was spread. Mm, okay, I see. Ignoring the fact that no anthrax outbreak has been reported by the Center for Disease Control Prevention or any other agency. Yeah, but they can't be trusted. They they don't. They, yeah, I was gonna say they don't. They don't listen to the fucking CDC for anything. Um, Clark, the organizer of the reawaken event, which was the whole thing they were going to, was called the reawaken event. Uh, dismissed the claims as rumors. He told the far-right online talk show host, Steve Stu. I'm sorry, I gave him credit. His name is Stu, S-T-E-W, like the thing you eat. Stu Peters, that he is now part of... I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. He told Stu Peters that he is now... Jesus, there are too many fucking... There's too much stupidity going on here. Uh, he told talk show host Stu Peters that he is not part of the Illuminati, that the fog machine in question was simply a fog machine. I don't know if I believe that. And nobody that oh, was involved in the event has publicly entertained the idea that this could have been COVID-19. Of course not. And this came to us from Vice News. Um, Vice is really doing the, the heavy lifting when it comes to um, crazy far-right conspiracy theorists. No, yeah, they get in there. Yeah, um... Could, yeah, just the just the facts that they immediately went to anthrax. It was an anthrax attack. Not even that they got a cold or a flu or whatever. It's nope. I have been attacked by anthrax. Well, you said December tenth, right? I think Power of the Dog came out like the week before, so maybe they <laughs> maybe they watched that and that was like <laughs> the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's very funny that, that like I, I put this in the doc yesterday before I had seen the movie. Yeah, and then I, the movie hinges on anthrax poisoning uh <laughs> i was like are you kidding me <sighs> yeah it's it's crazy out there mm -hmm. that's why i stay inside yeah <laughs> what are we thinking do we want to do you want to call it for something? for this year or do you do you have more i don't know i don't really want to talk about louis ck Oh, that's right. I, I forgot you had that there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I even want to bother. I mean, I'm a little bit curious because I haven't paid attention to any of that. <sighs> but you don't have to get All into right. it if you don't want to. I put it in. Okay. But yeah, cancel. Can't excuse me. Cancel culture is is. No, it's not. All right. So Louis C.K. He's got a special coming out through his website directly. You got to pay him money to get the special. Uh, it's apparently the second special that he's released in like two or three years. Uh, who the fuck knew? Um, so apparently on the previous special, he addressed, uh, his situation where he forced women to watch him masturbate while locking the door, mm -hmm. uh, which he just calls his quote unquote thing, not his dick. Like, like he's saying like that, like what he does like he's just like considering it his kink or whatever it's like that's my that's my uh, thing that's thing what i do yeah 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 like not you know uh non-consensually forcing women to watch you uh watch you masturbate while you lock the door uh it's so like it's, like, it's like almost like a personality quirk or something right yeah um and he also like makes it seem like he like makes a joke about how uh even if you ask them and they say yes you still shouldn't do it because they might change their mind or they might not actually mean yes. And it's like, 
Okay, you're almost you're there. You're almost there. <laughs> you, you, you've almost got it. Like you're 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 actually putting the blame on them for not letting you do your creepy sex thing. Yeah, it's like you you go like three fourths of the way to to the point, but then you just completely turn around. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, of course they could fucking change their mind. Like yeah, and also I don't think all of them said yes. No, and and also there were power dynamics, mm-hmm. and also your fucking manager was uh, running cover for you and threatening the women to not say anything. But I guess that doesn't make for uh, a, a setup and punchline. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this is just, this is just rough. Yeah, it's uh, it's um it's eye-opening in a way because it's like so, you know, Louis CK, a lot of people liked his comedy for a long time, right? I was one of them. And me too, yeah. me too, me too. Um and then the, you know, that story comes out and then some time passes and then he makes he comes back and, and starts making comedy again. But there's a, a very drastic, at least I I think there was a, a tonal shift and and like a shift in like his in his comedy and like it's almost like his his worldview has shifted or not not even just that, but like it, almost like a mask has come off and he's like, okay, I don't have to pretend anymore and I can just like say what I actually think and it turns out yeah. what he actually thinks is just like horrendous and, and really shitty. Um, yeah. But it's like almost like he was performing. I mean, obviously he's performing comedy, but like almost like um, his beliefs and like his 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 um, public persona was, was a performance before yeah. the scandal. And then after the scandal happened, he's like, he's like shrugs and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to gonna you know be my true self now and 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 we see the results of that yeah 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 before he would be like progressive and like talk about women's sexuality and you know like uh uh like uh gay rights like in the early 2000s you know and things like that but that was in in apparently all in his specials yeah like and now he's just like fuck it and you know he he claims that he lost like 25 million dollars because uh because of the scandal or whatever it's like okay well fuck you like mm-hmm. why should anybody care why why that's that's your own doing like what and it's like now now you can be quote unquote open and like joke about what you did meanwhile you were when it first came out you were denying it mm-hmm. like you were you were actually denying it you like talked to the new york times and denied it and so now it's like oh yeah it's cool to joke about now like whatever and you're still misconstruing and you know making it seem like yeah you know it's what i do like what what mm-hmm. what well i guess because like it, those... it kind of is right because he's he's kind of just gotten away with it um he's still doing doing his thing yeah but it's like okay well you you traumatized women mm-hmm. you, you pushed them out of their career path uh you got to take a, a break essentially mm-hmm. and you get to continue on with your life cool good for you uh what about them yeah exactly like, yeah so now you can now you can joke I, I i don't know if they can joke about it no he still has the platform maybe where maybe he, they can where he can um right right maybe they can joke about it with their friends but they don't they don't get to go up on stage and sell specials yeah they're not welcome in the comedy cellar or whatever it is whenever they want to show up yeah it's just so gross mm-hmm. and i like i don't i don't even know if like i want this to be like a show where like it feels like i'm like you know ah oh, shame on you man but it's like i i, I well, why not in this scenario? Because it's it's I know it's I know lousy. Like this dude sucks, and there's really no way around it. Yeah, like 
I'm sorry, we only like Dave Chappelle on this podcast. We right, we only support right, Dave yeah. Chappelle because it's 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 just like which I should say in like, case anybody didn't hear that whole thing, we do not like Dave Chappelle. It was a, a reference to it, and if I have to point out no. the reference, then it's kind of stupid. So I, I should just stop. Keep, keep what were we saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that like that's the thing. Like I was looking at like because I was trying to catch up on the whole like circumstances of what he because I I thought I thought this happened a lot sooner than it did. Like this came out around t- 2017 or whatever. Well, you know um, there was it, and it, it's funny because well it's not funny but. I just say that, but, um, I know what you mean. yeah, th- like for a number of years before the story like was made public, like I'd listen to other comedians like on their podcasts or talking or whatever. And they'd be like, oh yeah, like Louis CK, like, yeah, he's done, he's done some shit. Like it was like an openly like, yeah, it was just open secret, open yeah. secret. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. And so I was looking and like the, the comedians that like defended him and it's like, Chappelle was like first in line. Sure. First in line. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. It's just, and it's like, well, then people will say, like, well, you know, he did his time. He was away. And it's like, but like, <laughs> Wait, what time did he do? <laughs> could he go to jail now? It's like, oh, no, but he, he couldn't, he couldn't do his thing for two years. So, yeah, it seems like he could have. Mm-hmm. Seems like he could have. Yeah. Uh, he has, he and, had plenty of people that never wavered away from supporting him. No. For a second. No. And because he's part of a, um, a structure that they benefit from as well. So if he goes down, um, if that structure breaks, then they also are negatively affected. No. And it's like, I don't even think he ever apologized. And it's not even that the public needs an apology. It's not that he needs to self-flagellate or you know like we don't need the spectacle of like a, a a beheading or a punishment or whatever it's just like you did something shitty and it seems like you don't give a fuck that you did something shitty and you're gonna pretend like it didn't happen and in fact you're gonna make really not even they're not even necessarily jokes you're just kind of like giving a smarmy smile at the end yeah, uh, I remember his earliest stuff after the scandal, like comedy, quote unquote comedy, was like just like just like ranting, just like angry rants that really had no like punchline or anything. They were just like him using his platform to like say vile shit. Yeah, I, I guess I guess like, I didn't. I only watched the clip where he addresses this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not gonna watch this fucking special, and I'm definitely not gonna pay to watch. This oh special, God, are you kidding no. me? Um, but. It seems like whatever material he has now is more structured than that shit. Okay. But um, he's yeah. also apparently doing the th- he's also doing the thing where like you have to seal your phone away in a in a magnetic box if you can attend <laughs> one of his shows now. So he's doing that thing. Oh boy. Uh, That's always a good sign. Yeah, what about free speech? What happened to that? <laughs> what happened? What happened? What happened to that? Yeah, aren't, isn't he part of the, the the group of comedians that talk about like how you can't say anything anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's like all of them now. Yeah, and you're restricting but, uh, people from like you know filming you, so you want you know, uh-huh, oh boy, uh-huh. the, the hypocrisy is is just overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because he used to have a bit about how like he didn't like take people's phones away, but he was just like, oh, you don't need that. You don't need to do that right now. Like you're at a thing. Mm-hmm. So like you should put it away, but like. Nobody's making you. Mm-hmm. And now he's literally like putting them in a in a magnetically sealed lockbox that so like the signal can't get out. Like it's fucking Fort Knox or some shit. You don't want to end up in a lockbox with CK. No, no, you don't. He's a big fan of locks. He's yeah. like fucking Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. this dude. Uh like just just absolutely vile. Um, yeah. I think I think Hulu sometimes still recommends that sitcom he had. 
It's like, why is that still up here? Yeah, I'm really happy that Better Things um, was able to continue and, and thrive and just like remain one of the best shows on TV, even after his whole thing. And it, it like the show yeah. wasn't brought down because of him because it was never his show to begin with. It was never his like his like creative vision or whatever. It was always. Yeah. Didn't, didn't he just get like an EP credit or well, something? He did. Ha- he was he was a writer on some episodes, but oh, it was okay. very, very much Pamela Adlon's show. Yeah. Like it was her identity, like you just like, you know, built into that. So, yeah. Well, I just wonder how much of that was just them because they were friends and, you know, yeah. so he got a credit. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, there were a couple instances where it's like, oh, yeah, Louis C.K. definitely wrote this, this scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but yeah, for the most part, it was it was her show. Yeah. Um, now I feel weird about ending on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody's listening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Two hours in. Um, well, let me. I, I, I just don't want to end on that. So let me do something quick. Yeah. Um, so there there are. Uh, well, maybe I'll just do this first. Okay. Oh, we're going there. Uh, yeah, this is just this. Yeah, this is just now the JRPG segment. We're not going to do the whole thing, but um. So yeah, did it all for the Moogles. Just JRPGs now because I I can't fit anything anywhere else. Um. So there there are some ha- uh heavily hinted rumors coming from a known leaker. Um. And the 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 leaker is credible in the sense that they just uh, leaked the uh, Prina, uh, yeah, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax um, re-release, which Atlas then announced like uh, the the next couple of weeks after it was leaked. Um, so from that the same leaker that did that is now saying that there is going to be a remaster of Persona 3 Portable. Um, and as of this recording, that there's nothing been released with that, and I mean there probably won't be during the holidays. Um, now, this is interesting because whenever uh, I talked about the Persona 25th anniversary, um, I made some of my own predictions, uh, and one of them was a Persona 3 remaster or at least re-release of some sort. Um, so the leak, the person doing the leak is saying Persona 3 portable, and there are not any details about that yet. Uh, this is interesting, and depending on what they do, could be the, the right way to do it, or it could be a mistake because Persona 3 portable is not the full game in a couple ways um the portable version the the exploratory elements the school life elements where like you go around the city and you talk to people um that was done in 2d rather than the 3d environments because it was released on the psp Mm -hmm. so um that was all done in 2d so the map layouts are different it's all it's all in a 2d space it's all like sprite based and like you move around it with a cursor um but the battle system uh, is 3D, and you actually get direct party control, which was not in the original. You gave them tactics to do, and your party members would loosely follow them. What console was the original release on? PS2. Okay. Yeah, so it was PS2, and then PSP for uh, Persona 3 Portable. Um, Persona 3 Portable also doesn't have the FES expansion, which includes, uh, I guess, sort of the conclusion to the story um i wouldn't say it's completely necessary but it's like the the western release of the original persona 3 for ps2 came with the expansion so it was considered the intended experience Mm -hmm. but it was not part of persona 3 portable on the flip side persona 3 portable had the female protagonist plus additional social links so technically neither game is complete so the fact that they're saying that they're remastering persona 3 portable to me means that they want to include the female protagonist because she's been a part of the marketing especially the marketing for the 25th anniversary uh she was included in uh persona q2 
So they're trying desperately not to leave her out of recent marketing and recent games, recent crossovers, blah, 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 blah. They're trying not to erase her because she has an attachment to the fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but Persona 3 Portable is not the definitive Persona 3. Right. Um, I don't think it translates well in a modern context. Uh, the the 2D exploration is what was, was just a... Um, a half-baked solution to get the game to fit onto the PSP. Yeah, it was a hardware solution, like a solution to, to constraints, yeah. Yeah, so if this is releasing on modern hardware, there is no reason why it can't be fully rendered in 3D. Like, Persona 4 Golden was the HD version of Persona 4, and it was on the PSP, or P- I'm sorry, PS Vita. Uh, so if, if, if this is, like, the definitive version of Persona 3 needs to be uh, the 3D exploration with the Persona 3 portable social links with the female protagonist, but with the FES expansion. And so you would have to like jury rig both games. And I don't think they're going to do that, unfortunately, based on their track record of game remasters. Uh, If you look at uh, Persona 4 Golden, the port to PC, which came out uh, earlier this year, or was it last year? I can't remember. Recently, at least. Um, That was just a straight port the, from the Vita game to PC. And so all it was was just unlocked frame rate and unlocked resolution. Mm-hmm. Other and uh, other than that, it's the exact same game. Uh, nothing else was touched. Like they just made sure it ran on PC at ridiculously high frame rates and resolutions. And that's it. Um, like all you can change is the shadow detail. Other than that. And I mean, like not in shadow in the persona sense. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to specify. Um, so and then the Nocturne HD remake was they basically ported the engine over to Unity and made it run in you know 1080p and that was about it. They made some slight gameplay tweaks and that was it. They like did not touch anything else. So I don't think that they're going to like suddenly make the ultimate Persona 3 that the game necessarily deserved based on their track record of porting games. Um, and I think if they're just going to upscale Persona 3 Portable like as it is, I think that is a huge mistake. Um, if anything, I would rather see uh, them port Persona 3 with the FES expansion and then them to uh, give it direct party control like Portable has. Um, and that might, that, you know, that means cutting out the female protagonist, unfortunately, but I think that would be better for the modern sensibilities. Um of of players and also of persona fans um but i i don't know i don't know because i i I just don't see them doing the work necessary to make the the definitive persona 3 that that the game should have like you know it sounds a little complicated trying to take a character that wasn't in that version and inserting them into it yes only because so in persona 3 portable if you play as the female protagonist uh the social links change and like now you can have like romantic social links with the boys Mm -hmm. which you can't do whenever you're the male protagonist because uh japan because atlas is that the the gayest Um, game you've ever played uh no (laughs) okay no no like they 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 have a for whatever reason like you you can't be gay in persona um oh i thought you were saying if you're playing as the male protagonist you can have you can no am i no no you can't Um, and there's really there's really no reason for it uh like at all there's like there's there's no excuse honestly Mm -hmm. there's like 
Um, like, yeah. If if it's supposed to be your playable character, you should be able to date whoever you want. I'm just sort of I'm sorry. Can... I'm just picturing like you pick up the Blu-ray copy of Power of the Dog, and you know the blurb on top of the on the back. It's like a quote from like a critic. <laughs> it's like movie. the gayest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> sorry. Two thumbs up. Yes. Um, but yeah, like no, there's 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 no reason you can't be gay. Like. Like, there's no excuse for why you shouldn't be able to. It's the year 2021. Get it together. Yeah, like there, uh, there's, there's, there's famously, um, a cut gay social link from Persona 4, and it's like, well, why? Yeah. Why is that on the cutting room floor? There's, there's no excuse. Well, Persona so, 4 had some other controversies, didn't it? Uh, Persona 5 did. Yeah. Um, they fixed the, they, they sort of fixed the localization for that with Royal. Um, but part of it was also misunderstanding of a specific, uh, Japanese trope. Mm-hmm. I think I've explained this on another episode, but, um, yeah. So they, they, they basically fixed that in Royal. Um, they're not the best with handling LGBT stuff mm-hmm. in Persona. Um, they're better than a lot of other Japanese things, but they're not the best. Uh, but yeah, no, there's absolutely no excuse why you can't have, uh, gay social links. Um, it's just... It, it's just honestly laziness mm-hmm. um but but anyway um so yeah so like if you do persona 3 and then just like kind of plop in the female protagonist um some of the social links just like won't make complete sense it'll just be like you're playing as a different character that doesn't correlate well right yeah. so i guess you'd have to you'd have to then insert also the persona 3 portable social links um I, like I, I just I just don't see them doing all that work. I really don't. Uh, and I I think I think just straight up porting Persona 3 Portable is is a mistake without actually like like playing playing a high resolution version of the 2D sprites like is not. I I don't see people enjoying that in 2020 you know two or 23 whenever it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see it. Yeah, because like the, the battle system will still be in 3D. Because yeah, like the series has become more and more accessible and like widely, mm-hmm. um, widely played. So it's like, why would you want to take a step back, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think it would be a big mistake. But you would play it though. But of course I would. But <laughs> I, I, it, it still, it still wouldn't be the the version of Persona Three that I would def, like desperately want to play. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. Um. That that is just a rumor. It is just a potential leak. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet. But this same leaker did predict the Persona Four Arena uh, re-release. So I guess we will see. So I see that um, Persona um, Strikers is going to be one of the PlayStation Plus games for next month. Oh, is it? I actually haven't played it yet because I've been saving it. Is that like? Um, is that the game that's like a sequel to Persona Five? Yes. Yes. That's it's a pretty a big deal, isn't it? Uh, kind of. Um. Like they they say things are sequel and canonical and it's like yeah sure whatever you know um but it's 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 uh the gameplay is styled after like a dynasty warriors like hack and slash but mm-hmm. apparently it's like better than that like it's more thoughtful in the way that it uses the combat system than just like sort of just like hack and slash beat 'em up right right um so yeah I've been saving it I haven't played it yet like I I pre-ordered it but like I haven't touched it yeah uh because at the time I was playing Royal for the platinum um and then i was playing smts to get ready for smt5 so i have not played it yet uh it's on my shelf um but that actually is cool i didn't know that it was coming to plus um, not sure if that's confirmed either i saw like maybe it was leaked or maybe there were rumors so can't say mm, for sure okay yeah yeah it's on sale a lot mm-hmm. so uh because it did come out like almost a year ago now um but yeah i guess we'll see so far the announcements for the 25th anniversary have been uh underwhelming to say the least yeah because it's mostly been a bunch of merch drops so and the fighting game which uh is a re-release and i don't care about 
whatsoever. Yeah. But we shall see. This the, this one would be the biggest announcement yet. Uh, but yeah, it all depends on how they do it. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We should wrap this up because okay. I'm running out of steam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just did not. I didn't want to end on Louis C.K. That's just what I, I wanted to avoid that situation. Yeah, um, that makes sense. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for listening this whole year. We uh, The second half of the year, we really uh, trucked along with the weekly episodes. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll keep doing it next year. I'm not going to do any sappy retrospective or anything like that. Um, no. But yeah, we'll keep we'll keep trucking along in 2022. Uh, we hope you'll uh, join us for the ride. Um, I have some plans. We're we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff. Oh, do you? So, uh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. News to me. I got things in the works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope you'll stick around. Uh, we'll be here. We got nothing else. To do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, you can follow me uh, Twitter at Dead End Road, Facebook.com slash Dead Road TV, Twitch.tv slash Dead Road TV. Do a YouTube search for Dead Road TV. And you can email us anything at all. Oh, next time. Oh, my God. New Year is going to be filled with so many dead letters. I got so much shit this week. Holy shit. Um, email anything at all. Video at dennerroad.co. Uh, oh, you know, um, yeah. I was thinking, should we ask uh, listeners to, like, rate the show? Because doesn't that help? It does. It does. I just haven't. See, if I don't write it down, then I don't read it. Um, yeah, if you uh, are listen on Apple Podcasts, and I know some of you do because I have the numbers for that. Uh, if you throw us a rating, even if it's a shitty rating, uh, that boosts our discoverability. So if you want to take the time, just click on the star thingy. Give us a rating. That helps out a lot, actually. I mean, um, I feel like a, a solid three out of five is is reasonable. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Why not? I'm not going to ask for a five star um, review just for just because. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that would help us out a lot. Uh, but we do just appreciate you listening, especially if you stick it out to the end of the show, because these suckers get long even after I edit them. Um, but yeah, we will see you next year. Yeah, happy new year. Weird to say. Yeah. Uh, see you in the next one. All right. <laughs>